You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to give you a word that the Lord gave to me. Uh, how many has been feeling you had this question, God, when are you going to do what you promised? When is it going to happen? Well, I don't know when. I can't tell you that. But here's what the Lord gave me yesterday while I was seated or while I was in here and I was praying and I had my little journal with me that I carry with me everywhere now because, you know, I, I just like to hear when he speaks. I don't want to miss nothing. So here it is. I am the Lord your God. This is after I had prayed, God, when? What do you go? What you what you saying to us? What you've promised us? Why are we not seeing it? He said, "I am the Lord your God. I have power and might. I see the struggle you're having to believe all the things I've spoken. But I am working even when you can't see. I am turning things around in your favor. But you, my children, must trust me. Hold to your faith." Hide in my name, for I am not, have not forgotten my promise, neither have I changed my plans for you. I have spoken, so do not lose heart. Do not get your eyes on the turmoil, for I am your peace. Trust me and believe me. Hold fast to my word, because I am coming. Look up and see the salvation that I will bring to you. Continue to seek me first and all the other things you desire will manifest in your church. I am your life. I am your light. I will come through in a mighty way. Just seek after me. Do not become distracted by the things that you see or hear for I am coming. Somebody ought to shout this morning. He's coming. You say, Pastor, what's that going to look like? I don't know. He didn't tell me. But I just know he's coming. So that's good enough for me. Is it good enough for you? We've been promised he was. Amen? And so I just want to read you something really quick. And this is from 1947. I mean, like it's old stuff. Well, this is your stuff. This is a word and a prophecy by Smith Wigglesworth in 1947. During the next few decades, there will be two distinct moves of the Holy Spirit across the church and in Great Britain. The first move will affect every church that is open to receive it. And it will be characterized by a restoration of the baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Have we seen that? Yeah. The second move of the Holy Spirit will result in people leaving historic churches and planting new churches. Have we seen that? Yeah, this one is a result of that. Mm. Somebody all shout right now. Mm. In the duration of each of these moves, the people who are involved will say this is a great Revival. But the Lord says no. Neither of these are great revivals, but both are a step toward it. 
So, so y'all see why I said old stuff is good stuff? When, you, when the new church phase is on the wane, are we seeing it? Church plants ain't working no more. There will be evidence in the churches of something that has not been seen before. A coming together of those with an emphasis on the word. And those with an emphasis on the spirit. When the word and the spirit come together, there will be the biggest move. The world has ever seen in the nations in the world it will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that the world welch azusa any other move has ever seen i couldn't hardly sit down when i saw this because you know why (laughs) <laughs> he said it'll be the, it will eclipse. What does that mean? It'll cover up anything that the world has witnessed within these shores. He says even the Wesleyan and the Welsh revivals of the former years. Mm, some of the biggest ones. The word and the spirit coming together Mm. Lester Summerall says during the dark days of World War II Smith Wigglesworth gave him this this account and you've probably seen it but he said shutting his eyes he said I see the greatest revival in the history of mankind Coming to planet earth. Maybe as never before. I see every form of disease healed. I see whole hospitals emptying out. Even their doctors are running down the streets shouting. He told me there would be an untold, unknown number, unaccountable number, multitudes that would be saved. No man will say so many, so many. Because nobody will be able to count those that are coming to Jesus. No disease will be able to stand before God's people. It will have a worldwide situation. It will not be local. He said it will be worldwide thrust of God's power and God's anointing on the earth. Somebody ought to shout this morning. Hallelujah. There is a church that is about to emerge like a hidden warrior that has been hidden because we have a harvest. We've had a prophetic encounter. We've had a global. We've got a cry. And now our, our pit is about to be transformed to our platform. Your pit is about to become your platform. Remember Judges chapter 6? The little guy by the name of Gideon that was in the middle of the pit, was in the bottom of the pit. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. 
Come on, he wasn't doing an extraordinary thing, but he was hidden. He was hiding a harvest. He was knowing that the enemy was coming and getting it. But all of a sudden, when he was in the wine press threshing wheat, the angel of the Lord found Gideon. He wasn't on top of a stage. He wasn't kicking it in the palace. He wasn't making a, he wasn't having a true koozie life. He wasn't doing everything right, but he was threshing wheat at the bottom of a pit and the ain't to hide grain from the enemy just to feed his people how many knows that we're we have been at the bottom of the pit so to speak just to make it trying to do what God wants us to do but we're not sure what that is how many's been there let me tell you what's going to work for us is getting back to the word it's going back to the spirit Going back to, as you sing this morning, the blood being still the blood. Because he was in the bottom of the pit. And that's where heaven found him. And heaven didn't leave him in the pit, but he called him out. He said, you are a mighty warrior. I want to see you out of that pit. And I want you to be filled with what I've got. So many of us want to stay in the pit because it's comfortable there. We want to live in the pit because we've got used to it. So when God starts calling us out and we get a little uncomfortable, we run back to our safety zone. This is what caused the children of Israel at the Red Sea to say, with the God, we had died in Egypt. At least none of us was buried there. They was toting one of their own. They had been buried there. His name was Joseph. But Joseph knew that God was about to visit Israel. And when Joseph was dying, he said, don't y'all leave me down in Egypt. When y'all get ready to go, take my bones over there with you. Why would Joseph make such a statement? Don't leave me here in Egypt. When y'all go, y'all better dig me up. And take you with him. Because why? He said the Lord will surely. He knew God was going to visit Israel. He knew. That his. Great granddaddy had saw. Or grandpa I guess it was. Had saw. No it was was great grandpa. That saw a vision. Of a city. That had foundations. Whose builder. And maker. Was God. Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldees saying, I want, I'm looking for a city that is like no other. I'm looking for something that is not like this place. I'm looking for something that is outshine everything. And they got to Israel and I, I kind of believe that God might have said, this is it, boy. And he said, I don't know, this don't look like much of a city. No, because Israel was a mess. It was all stony and grown over. Come on. I mean, remember, that's where the Garden of Eden was, right in that vicinity. And it was thorny and messed up. Right? Because why? The first fruits of that harvest had walked out on their harvest. And it said that thorns and thistles 
grew over the place. So they couldn't get back to the garden of God. This is why when Jesus walked up Calvary, the way to Calvary was approximately where the door of the Garden of Eden was somewhere set because it was on the backside was filled with thorns and thistles. And Jesus said, I'm about to fix that for you. I'm about to mess that up. I don't know how I got on all this. I got I to gotta get back to my point. But anyway, Jesus says, I'm walking this way. I'm going this way. I'm going through all of that mess so that you might have eternal life and not have it just a little bit, but you might have abundant life. And here sits this guy by the name of Abraham and he runs over to Egypt saying this might be it. Looks more like a city than anything around here. And he gets in trouble, nearly loses his wife. Come on, y'all remember the story. And he has all kinds, there's lies going on. He has to lie to get out of the mess. Come on, when you leave God's promised land, you might have to tell a story or two to get out. Come on, because you've listened to a lie to get yourself there. Anyway, it's not my message, but I was on Joseph. That's where I was headed. But Joseph knew that Abraham had saw this land. And Abraham and, and, and Joseph was, had been put in a the pit there too, if you remember. How many members jo- Joseph was thrown in a pit? Reuben put him in there. How many knows what Reuben means? Unstable and messy and all of that. Reuben put him in there. But Judah said, we don't need to leave him in there. So Judah goes and gets him out. Come on, he talks his brothers into, because when Reuben puts you in there, praise will bring you out. Every time, every time you get in a situation, you've got to look and see where the praise is. This is why he said in Philippians, I'm just scattered all over everywhere. I'm totally away from my notes. But anyway, that's cool. We'll just go with this. But anyway, so many times when we get in a situation, this is why Philippians says, 4 and 8 says, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen? Why? Because you got to think about the praise to get out of the situation that you're in. So when that addiction starts coming up on you and it starts sinking on you and sinking you back in that pit, come on, why don't you just give God a praise for where he brought you from? Why don't you give God a praise for your family, for your friends, because that addiction wants to tear that apart. And guess what? Jesus wants to bring you out. Jesus does not want to leave you where you've been. He will never leave you where you was. His grace will bring you out. So this is where heaven said to this guy, you are a mighty hero. I don't know. I don't care what your family told you. I don't care what your friends told you. I want to know. I want you to know what heaven says about you. Heaven says you are a mighty warrior. You're not supposed to be in this pit. 
Because that's where heaven found him. That's where heaven called him out. Heaven says you're a mighty hero. Or another version says you're a mighty warrior. I have great plans for you. When he was not on top of the world. But when he was in the pit. At the bottom of the pit. I want to tell somebody that's in the bottom of the pit right now. That heaven doesn't say that you're the least among your father's house. Heaven doesn't say you're a loser. Heaven doesn't say you're unequipped. Heaven says you are a mighty warrior. You got to listen to what heaven's saying about you instead, instead of what everybody else is saying. This is where the church gets in trouble, is we may be hiding right now, but heaven's not the Lord of the hiding, except one place that's hiding in the shelter of his arms. There's a place by me, he told Moses. That's the only place you should be able to hide. People that God has called. Is at the bottom of the wine press. He calls him out by name. And he says. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know where you're going. Or where you've been. But I know where you're going. This angel says. God hasn't picked you to stay here. He has picked you. To get up out of that pit. And lead his people to victory. I don't know about you, but you might be feeling a little down right now and a little weary. But the psalmist David said this. <laughs> God picked me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock. He established my goings. Hallelujah. Oh, he didn't leave you in the valley. He picked you up out of the valley, out of your desert, out of your difficulty, out of your mess, and says, hey, get out of the mire and get in the choir. Amen. Don't be stuck there in your same old, same old. You're worried about where you've been and where you're headed. Get my glimpse. Get my glory in you. Get my word in you. Get my power in you. And you're going to start speaking and talking differently about yourself than when you're going to start saying the same thing heaven says about you. Stop saying the same thing the world says about you. Because to them we're all idiots anyway. But God speaks to us about being in the bottom of the wine press. Because why does he speak to us when we're in the pit? Because we listen better there. <laughs> why you keep why you keep having to go back there and revisit that situation? Because sometimes that's the only place the Lord can talk to you at. Because you're submitted there, you're humble there. Not because you shouldn't be humble anywhere. But because when we get on top, we start thinking like human again. And we start thinking that, man, come on, Nebuchadnezzar didn't have anything to do with the building of Babylon. But he got up on top and he said, look at the Babylon I built. Man, aren't I good? Y'all just look at this. Look at, mm, isn't it beautiful? I've done all this. And God said, you fool. Well, when God starts calling somebody a fool, it's not good. But what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? He winds up at the bottom. Not even realizing where he's at. 
he winds up eating grass like a moose. Because why? He didn't, he underestimated the power of who brought him to where he was. The only reason he got to build Babylon as great as it was is because Israel forsaken God and God was sending Israel back to Babylon. Amen? Back to captivity. And every time you give the Israel a place to stay, even in their captivity, you get blessed. Even if you're the enemy. God speaks to us in the wine press because we'll listen there. So where are you right now? Some of us are there. But remember, some of the greatest messages that come, come from the place of humility. I want to tell you, this is what God wants for the church today, is to remember where you came from. Amen? Christians have spiritual amnesia. They get delivered and then forget. Well, no, no bearing what they just did. Well, where was you two years ago? Because you couldn't get a hold of it either. Until God smacked down, dab, downed on you. Amen. And some of us need a good smackdown. Amen. We need that smackdown from the Holy Ghost to smack down on us and say you're not as big as what you think you are. I'm going to slap you down like I did Paul right off his horse and he figures out, oh, God is in this place. How could, I mean, he knew God was around. He knew, he knew who God was. Come on, he said it right out there. Who art thou, God? Who art? What did Jesus tell him? I'm Jesus who you've been persecuting. You've been killing all my folk. You've been messing them up. You've been holding, holding out. You've been working for the wrong side. It's time to quit, Paul. You got on the wrong side. And I just came to tell you that you're back on the right. Oh. Go down there and get this guy to pray for you. And then he starts trying to get a Christian to pray for him. And he says, oh, Lord, not me, not me. Lord, call, call Peter down there and pray for Paul. I'm not going down there. You know God, who this guy is? This guy's a guy that crooked. What if it's a trick? And God's speaking to him the whole time. <laughs> How messed up we are. What if I get down there and he's not really sincere? Come on. What if he's faking it? So Paul goes, I mean, Ananias goes down there and prays for Paul. And God opens his eyes. God fills him with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right on the spot, Paul gets up a different guy than who he was to start with. Because a guy by the name of Ananias said, I'll go down there. He might have been shaking in his boots. He might have been just literally shook to pieces because he had heard what kind of guy Paul was. He had seen the effects of what Paul had done to the church. And guess what? He's going down there. And the rest of them Jews down there say, y'all can have him down there at your church, but don't bring him to ours. That's what they were doing. Look at the book of Acts, how messed up that whole group was. God, power got moving in it. Holy Ghost falling every service. And they's down there arguing. 
Look at it. The book of Acts is so full of disputes. Come on, they had to have a committee to find out if the Jews could, could be free of circumcision or not. Imagine that. Because they got one group that's eating with this bunch and one group that's eating with that bunch. And when that bunch all gets together, this group sits that side of the table and that side. And then we got the widows that's in the middle of it and they start griping. The Jewish widows or the Greek widows are griping because the Jewish widows are being more taken care of than the... So we got this racial squabble that's going in the middle of a Holy Ghost move. So y'all, I just got to tell you, it ain't going away. Be encouraged. God's going to help us do it. But Holy Ghost move is not going to fix. Oh, I know y'all didn't want to hear that. But they still people. And some of them are crazy. Some of them are weird. So we know we're going to have to deal with some weirdness and some craziness. But get ready because God has anointed you to be able to walk right through it. To appoint deacons if you have to. Do whatever you have to do to take care of God's business. But don't let it sway you from the word. Or the spirit. Get filled up with the power of God. Because I want to tell Christian Worship Center this morning, you are full of a mighty hero mentality. And you might be in the pit this minute, but you're about to overcome. And you're about to walk out of your pit. And it's about to become a platform for the power of the Holy Ghost to move. Somebody ought to shout in this house. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all come back. (laughs) I'm not done. I just look done. Had to finish up later. If I hadn't went on so many rabbit trails, we'd already been through. But I asked the Lord this morning, before I came in this room, I said, God, I want to speak what you say. If what I've got written down ain't it, you give it to me. Because this morning, you got to have a direct word from the throne of God. We are in a disastrous mess in our world. Our United States is on the brink of a tip. And it could tip either way. And the way it's tipping ain't looking pretty. The church is on the verge of being shut down. They've already shut it down in some other states and nationals. The schools, public school system is at the point where math is now racial. Yeah. And they are demanding they redo math. There is some crazy stuff going on in our world. But as crazy as the enemy is, and we can see that, I want you to know how crazy the spiritual move is. Come on. And I want you, as you are here this morning, I want you to get your eyes off of the news. There's a reason that Smith Wigglesworth said, 
Lester Summerall, the first time he met him, he said, I come in, and he said, I have him on my Adobe hat and my newspaper, morning newspaper under my arm. And he said, my umbrella in my other arm because it was raining. And he said, he didn't say, how are you? Oh, I'm so glad you came, nothing. He said, what is that under your arm? When he opened the door. And he said, it's my umbrella. No, 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 no. Not that one. The other one. He said, it's the morning newspaper. He said, you trash that thing because no lie comes in my house. I only have the truth. He said, so I stuffed my newspaper in the bushes. He said, I went in. And he said... Well, we're going to pray. He said, we prayed for 30 minutes. He said, he got up and he said, he didn't ask me what I wanted to do. He said, he sat up there. He said, now we're going we're gonna to go to the Word. He said, we went to the Word for two hours. And he said, boy, he was just reading the Word. That's all he did. Just read the Word for two hours. He said, he laid that down. He says, boy, it's time to pray. He said, we prayed for another 30 minutes. He said, he come over there. Bless him, God. Bless him. That's all he did. He said he did that about five times. He said, but when I walked out that door, he said, I knew something had happened to Lester Summerall. He said, it wasn't the same guy that walked in that building. He said, because this guy doesn't buy lies, he buys the truth and don't sell it for nothing. I believe the church could learn a lesson this morning. There's some things you need to disable on your phone. Because it's feeding us lies. And we don't even realize. But get back the word of God. And get out of those crazy apps. And get back to the throne room. Because God is about to pour something out on the church. That the church has never been seen before. So what we're, what we're believing for. Is a Holy Ghost experience in our time. That takes care of the racial struggle. There's no more Jerusalemites against the Greekites. Because he said under Jesus there is no more Greek or Jew. It's neither male nor Come on, we're in a struggle between the male and female. Or I guess we should say the woman and the man because the woman is a curse name. Amen? That's what she was named after the curse. She was called female before then. So, So guess what? There's no difference in them two. So all you guys lighten up your foot because she didn't come from your foot. She didn't come from your head. She came from close to your heart. So get your attitude out of this thing that, well, she's weaker vessel because that's not what the Word of God means when it says she's the weaker vessel. 
you are in this together. You become one. So her input is just as important as as her your input. She's just as anointed as you are. Mm, I'm about to we got about to get liberated in this house right now. Because you understand this has been the the deal from the first of the revival is a woman don't have the right to teach, preach. Come on. Paul said that, but the reason is because they were teaching and preaching the wrong thing. Because they, he was talking, the only place he mentions this is in the Corinthian church. Go read it. And he tells that Corinthian church, y'all better let the women, y'all's women need to keep silent in here. Because you know what? They so messed up with their idolatry that that's what they're putting on everybody. So you better teach them and you better get them fixed. And let let them shut up until they get it right. And when they get it right, there's neither male nor female nor Greek nor Jew. So he took one scripture and built a doctrine. Come on. And not realizing that God's doctrine is only built on one or two, two or three witnesses, not one. Oh, I'm going to say that again. God's doctrine is built on two or three witnesses, not one. Oh, I know the devil didn't like that, so I'm going to say it again. God's doctrine is built on two or three witnesses, not one. There was two angels at the tomb. There was two angels when he ascended into heaven. There will come on, y'all. There will still be two witnesses at the last day. Oh, shut up. You don't, have, you don't get a scripture, one scripture, and create a doctrine. Oh, that's good preaching. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because I couldn't come up with that one. You understand what we're fighting about? And we don't even have doctrine. We don't have any word for it. Huh? Y'all got me? I know I've just created more division. (laughs) We'll deal with that later. this morning I know we came from a redneck generation and so we got our own ideas about certain things my grandpa used to say the Bible says every tub sets on its own bottom it don't say that I was finally old enough to to, probably 14 or 15 when I went one day and I said daddy where in the Bible is that every tub sets on its own body he said that's grandpa's theology he said his mama told him it was in the Bible and she couldn't read. You understand where we get our stuff? Somebody passed it down and they didn't even check it out. They just put it out there. And now we think the Bible says it. The Bible says God only helps those who help themselves. No, it don't. Nowhere in there can you find that scripture. Oh, I just messed up some more. God. Some of y'all look, mm, this preacher. So this morning, I, this is why it pays for you to know the word of God. You're going to get so messed up. 
and so confused by listening to everybody in his brothers tell you what the Bible says. So I want to ask Christian Worship Center, you that are visiting here, and you're probably saying, I ain't going to come here, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but I want to tell you, get in the Word. This is why Smith Wigglesworth taught Lester Summerall. Read the Word. Stay with the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth will deliver you. The truth can stand alone. You don't have to prop it up. All of our stuff we have to prop up, right? But God doesn't have to have any props. You won't have to tell him to, you won't have to help him stand up. His word will stand. Aren't you glad? This morning, if you're here and you're lost and you don't know God, you say, I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about, preacher, but I want to know. I want you to stand with me this morning. Everybody that will. And I want us to repeat this prayer together. I know this is not going to save you. But if you meet it, it's going to save you. If you say what these words. You're going to leave here. In a different place. I'm just giving you a pattern. But this morning there's somebody under the sound of my voice. God's saying you've got to make a choice. You do not, may not have tomorrow. You may not have next service. It's time for you to decide. God is merciful. God is forgiven. The Bible tells us He is good and ready to forgive. He is ready to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me right now. Everybody that will, let's say this together. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're in this place. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, and to move all of the evil out of my life. To remove every curse. I accept your blood. Into my heart. Totally. Cover me. Clean me. And give me your righteousness. And I ask you to take me as your child. In Jesus name. I ask it. Amen. Come on let's give God a praise in this house. If you're here this morning, you need to pray. These altars are open. I'm going to ask Brother Rex and Sister Susie to come. Brother Rex and Sister Susie are members here at the Christian Worship Center, have been for the last several years. And they have been a great asset to this church. And they're not leaving as members. But they are going into a God calling that God has called them to go. And they feel like God has to- chose them to go and help start a church in Spyro, Oklahoma. Stigler, mine. Anyway, in Stigler, Oklahoma, it's a new church. They are going to carry Christian Worship Center with them. And they're carrying our prayers with them. And they're in our vision with them. 
And so I want us to gather in this morning and we're going to lay hands on them, board members, if y'all will come. We're going to lay hands on them this morning and we're going to ask the Holy Ghost to go before them. And I want you as a church to agree together and we're going to send them out this morning as an arm of this church to over to Stigler. God said we would be a light to this region. We're beginning. Amen. So this morning, I want you to stretch your hands this way. Hallelujah. Brother Charlie, will you pray over them? Hallelujah. We are agreeing together. I'm not going to take much time because it's after 12, but there's something that God told me to do before I left. I have to clear my conscience, and I have to clear my heart, and I know Susie does too. But if there's anything that I or she or we as a couple has ever done to offend I'm sorry that was never our intention because we love you we love the people that God has given us this is our home we will be back this is a season that we're going through a new chapter of a book is open so please please forgive us forgive me Because I'm the high priest of my home. Me and you are. Let's act like it. We're responsible. Not our wives. We're responsible not only for the children. The family. They're responsible for your own salvation. The Bible says that. But we love you. And please forgive us if we've offended. Please. Because we can't do this. If there's all against us, we don't want to. We can't please everybody. We know that. We minister outside these walls. But God is leading us in a new direction, and we love you. My minute's up. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, church family, bless them coming in and bless them going out. And so you guys are blessed. I'm telling you.